Society, welcome back to the Sassy and Saved podcast, where kingdom meets culture. Tackling real topics and real issues from the kingdom perspective. If this is your first time, welcome to the society. You can keep up with us on Instagram at sassyandsaved.co. And before you head out, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. So y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Breaking up with Princess Syndrome. Princess Syndrome is killing my people, you guys. Princess Syndrome is killing my people. Um, Princess Syndrome is something that I believe every Christian woman goes through at one point on her walk. Princess Syndrome is what I would define as the unrealistic ideas and expectations we have for romantic relationships that cause us to to that cause us to view relationships in a wrong perspective and expect with a perfect relationship to come to us without without us having to do any work i'm trying to like season my speech when i say this okay so basically I'm pretty much every Christian girl, every Christian woman goes through the same process. Okay, I can't say every because that's a generalization, but I'll say a a solid nine out of 10 goes through the same process. You get saved and from the moment that you get saved, you already start thinking about, okay, like who is this guy? Who am I going to marry? Who's going to be my Boaz? Who's going to be my godly husband, my godly man, my perfect relationship from the moment you get saved. So even from the point where you're navigating like learning about Christ and navigating your new identity in Christ, you're also at the back of, you also at the back of your mind have this, um, desire and hope for a relationship. Maybe that's not everybody, but I feel like it's nine out of 10 people. Um, so after you go through the motions of thinking that every man that says hi to you is your man or your future husband, eventually you get to a point where you're tired of that. And then you decide to like, okay, I'm just going to chill and do whatever and just seek God. And in that time, I feel like is when we fall into princess is when we fall into princess syndrome, the point where we say that, okay, I'm not going to be thinking every single guy is my guy from now on. I'm just going to like chase God. But at the back of your mind, you're still sort of wondering, praying and hoping every day. When is he coming? When is he coming? When is he coming? Creates what I call princess syndrome. Um, (sighs) Uh, many, if not all, no, actually, I think all, I think all Christian women have gone and undergone princess syndrome at one point in our lives. Um, the way princess syndrome manifests, manifests, the way princess syndrome manifests, in my opinion, for Christian women is that of a fairy tale. Like we've grown up and we've seen all these princess stories of the Cinderella's, the, the Snow Whites and all these Disney princesses. We know how their stories are. A woman, beautiful woman, is just doing her thing. And then she comes in contact with her Prince Charming and he pursues her and they live happily ever after. And um, in the church, I would say that our princess or our fairy tale story is the story of Ruth and Boaz. 
But um, so everyone's always looking for their Boaz and they're waiting for their godly man to come and find them. And these ideologies are what create princess syndrome because we as Christian women, sometimes we think or we get to the place where we see, we see marriage as the highest prize. And so in everything we're doing, we're sitting there and we're wondering, when is this guy coming? When is this guy coming? When is this guy coming? Expecting that we're going to get into a relationship and we're going to live happily ever after. And it's going to be the best time of our lives and yada, yada, yada. When in reality, that is not the truth. <laughs> that is not what happens. Now, why is why it's detrimental is because when you get into that mindset and that mind frame of having a princess syndrome or of when you fall into princess syndrome, you become the type of woman where you see yourself as the ultimate prize. And yes, women, we are a prize, but you see yourself as the ultimate prize. And so you, you're sitting in your castle and you expect your love story to play out like a fairy tale. And so you're waiting for Prince Charming to come and pursue you just like it is in fairy tales or just like it was for Ruth. And you become unconsciously a woman that actually repels men because you have this image of a fairy tale in your mind and so you don't want to talk to no guy that doesn't look or fit the bill of what you think your prince charming should be you end up like cutting off people not being sociable not you know like you're you're pretty much isolating yourself waiting for this perfect man to drop out of the sky and fall in love with you and approach you but like that's not real <laughs> like princesses are only in fairy tales and and this is real life that doesn't exist you know and so many women who have fallen into this princess syndrome are actually prolonging their season of singleness because they are not being approachable they are closing themselves off from any guy that wants to talk to them they are pretty much not looking at anybody who doesn't fit the bill of the Prince Charming that they have in their mind. They're not being sociable. They're not talking. They're not answering DMs because it does go down in the DMs sometimes. They're not answering DMs. They're not even checking for the nice men of God in their churches because they're waiting for this Prince Charming. And and all the while they're praying for God to send them a man, God to send them a man, God to send them a man, not realizing that they're prolonging their season because they're blocking all the avenues from which this, from all the avenues from which this man can come. And I used to be, um, just like that. I used to have a certain image of a man that I wanted and I wouldn't entertain anybody who didn't fit it. And that did not work out for me. <laughs> Even when I entertained guys that did fit on the outside, the majority, when I got to know them on the inside or when it came to actually building a relationship, you realize that Prince Charming doesn't exist. The, I posted on my Instagram the other day um, an excerpt of some messages that were going on in my group chat and um, somebody had said like, I don't know, somebody had expressed not being able to commit to somebody because they don't know if someone someone is better out there. Like, what if I commit to someone now and I miss the one? In which I was explaining that the one is the one that you choose. 
the one is the person that you choose to do life with. You work with them. You guys become one flesh and they become the one. And many of us have come across the, so the quote unquote one, but because we have an image once again of a Prince Charming or because we have not been taught or given the proper tools to navigating kingdom relationship, we have let them pass us by waiting for the one. Many of us are praying for what God has already given us, not realizing that there's work to do to make the one, the one. I shared last week that the scripture says that the two become one flesh. And it's in that process of becoming that you come in contact with the one. I don't know why we as Christian women, which is also a part of, which is also a part of princess syndrome, have this notion that a man needs to come ready-made and that's our Prince Charming. He needs to be perfect and be all these things when the Bible clearly outlines that our role is a helper. If God brings you someone that is ready to go, then he doesn't need help and you therefore have no function. But God in his wisdom would tell us that the role of the woman is to be a helper, to help the man in all areas of life. And so if you take that into consideration, you realize that God cannot bring you Prince Charming ready-made. He has to bring you Prince Charming on the journey of becoming. And you bring what you know and he brings what he knows and it comes together and you become one flesh. And they in turn become the one. Oftentimes we find um, Christian women, single Christian women living in discontentment because they, at the back of your mind, you always have that voice. When is he coming? When is he coming? When is he coming? You're looking to your left and right and you see everybody in a relationship and it's not the same for you. And you're wondering, when is he coming? When is he coming? When is he coming? And so it causes a lot of discontentment because you're waiting for this perfect man that doesn't exist to come. I think, um, I've already expressed so many times that I don't think the church does an adequate job as a, at approaching the topic and navigating the topic of approaching and navigating the topic of um, relationship, godly relationship, especially for young people. I get the perspective and I get the reason, the reservation, because they don't want people to engage in sex and be in a, be in a relationship and, and living um, in, in accordance to the flesh. But I think we also need to recognize the humanity. We also need to stop over spiritualizing things and understand our humanity. And it's natural for men and women to be in the same place and be, in, and be attracted to each other. And the way that I see it is whether you talk about sex or relationships in church or not, people are going to have sex and be in relationships. So it's either you talk about it and equip them to do what they're going to do anyways, or you ignore it and allow them to figure it out themselves, which causes bigger problems. And in the past, and what we see mainstream in churches is that they ignore it, thinking that will make it go away. But in reality, it won't. And so um, one thing that I'm committed to do is to have these conversations and to be as open and transparent as I can about marriage, relationship, and and anything um, in relation to that to actually equip people to be able to navigate this thing correctly. Because I feel like it's been too long 
of us trying to navigate this terrain ourselves. We have failed and failed miserably time and time again. And we're, we're still growing and we're still learning and we're still trying. The, of course, there's no blueprint, but there is some words of wisdom and there is some ways we can avoid certain things just by being taught correctly. And so, um, as I was preparing and praying for this and thinking about this, um, the first thing that came to my mind is the two varying perspectives in which the church teaches relationship to men and women. From my knowledge in men's ministries, when they teach men about what relationship, godly relationship is, godly marriage is, being a man is... They're teaching men to be providers. They're teaching men to be prophets of their own home. They're teaching them to be strong. They're teaching them to lead. They're teaching them to do all the things that the Bible says that they should do. And, and of course, it, that's a good thing and good judgment. But on the contrary, what I do know from experience, which is a fact, in women's ministries, they're teaching us to be independent and to have our own and to not depend on men and to, to, to make sure we're bringing something to the table and to establish ourselves. And again, this is also a good thing. But how can we be teaching men to be providers, prophets, and priests to lead the way and to find women that will submit to them and then also be teaching women to be independent, to not be held down by no man? to not be dependent on men and to have their own. Already right there, we've created a disconnect because we're telling people that are supposed to be together two different things. We're telling men to look for women that will submit, that will depend on them so that they can provide and lead. And then we're telling women not to depend on men, that they should be independent and have their own. And of course, there are ways to have these conversations where it's healthy, where it's understood that, okay, you can still be a woman, you can still have your own, you can still build, but you come into submission of a man in marriage. But the way in which it's being communicated isn't as effective as it should be. Women, in the past, it was very, very um, mentally straining for me to have to think about being independent and having to have my own and buying a house and having all these things before I meet a man, before I'm able to marry him. And I thought that I wouldn't be ready to be in a committed relationship, courtship on the road to marriage, unless I had a house, unless I paid off my student loans, unless I've done all these things so I couldn't be, so I wasn't dependent on the man. Um, and I always say that we need to be very careful about putting our own opinions and communicating our own opinions, our own wants, our needs, and our convictions as the standard. Because when we do that, we unconsciously, force people to now conform to a standard that we have set, but God has not. And so that was my mindset. And alongside thinking that I'm that girl, I'm the prize, but I need to be able to do all these things so that a perfect man can come and pursue me, which I've come to find out is really not the case. The more that I talk to my guy friends and the more I talk to men that are actually ready for marriage, they're not looking for the woman with the most accolades. They're not looking for the woman that has all her student loans paid off or has a house. And again, these are good things. It's a good thing to be independent. It's a good thing to have to pay off student loans. It's a good thing to, to be able to be financially free, of course, but it's not at the forefront of their mind as in this is the criteria I need before 
I marry someone because they're taught to be providers. They're actually looking for women with godly character, women that will support and help the vision that God has given them. And so I think we need to revisit in the church, especially the messaging in which we're communicating to men's ministries and to women's ministries, because we have people that are supposed to be together with two different perspectives of what relationships actually look like. And so it is very important that we begin to really, truly seek steady first, which I will always say is the number one thing to do, steady the word and truly understand God's intent for relationship, but also be on the quest for knowledge to really, truly understanding what godly relationships entail. When I was embarking on the journey of um, preparing to be in a romantic relationship and preparing to, you know, preparing myself for marriage. Um, one of the things that the Holy Spirit said to me was to look for relationships that you admire, not relationship goals, because I feel like that's not healthy, but look at some relationships you admire and either get close to the couple and learn from them or learn from a distance by and listening to what they say. And I did, and I identified the different relationships that I admired. And one thing that was reoccurring in each and every relationship, what they would say is that the journey wasn't easy, or it wasn't always like this, or we started from the bottom, or we really had to work, or it was really a process, you know? And those were the things that really started to break down that syndrome, that princess mentality of my happily ever after is going to start when I connect with a person because it's, it's not, it's actually not, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard work. There's going to be work to do relationships, godly relationships, anything that you really want to work is going to take intentionality on both parts. Right. And so that was really the genesis of the breaking down and the, the transformation of my mind from breaking out of princess syndrome. The second thing that I had to come to terms with was to be humble, right? Like, um, of course, we see ourselves as a prize and we see ourselves as women that will be worthy of men's attention and affection, but also just realizing that like, hey, in so much as a man finding you, he obtains favor, there's a level of favor that the man will bring you as well. And understanding that there comes a time in your life where as a woman, you can't really move to the next stage of your life unless you're in relationship. Um. Like, and I don't, I don't want to sound like, I don't, I obviously, I don't want to make it seem like, okay, like marriage is the utmost goal because it's not. And there will be people that don't get married, but there comes like, especially if you desire marriage and you desire children, there comes a point in your life where you're kind of stagnant because you can't really move any further without that. Like, I'll use myself as an example because that's the best person I could use. Like in my single season, I was able to seek God, complete school. I was able to, by God's grace, build um, a ministry. And so I felt like I had hit my ceiling at that point. Like all of the major milestones, all of the major milestones and all of the things that people seek to accomplish in their life, I had kind of accomplished. Like I finished school. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm working my job, 
maybe I don't have like, I'm not at the top of the ladder of my career, but that stuff is not really super important to me. I'm more of a ministry girl. So my, my life goals are like to finish school, to, to be in ministry, to be in full-time ministry, to work in church. And, and I was able to do all these things in my se- single season. I started in full-time ministry when I was what, 22 um, I was working in church. I, I, I was able to, I started a ministry on my own as well. So I, I was able to sort of accomplish all my goals in my single season. So I was at a place where I felt like kind of like, okay, so what's next? The next logical thing for me would be to have, to be in a relationship and have children. Right. And if I continue and if you, and until you And when you get to that place, you really have to humble yourself and realize that like, okay, at this point you, you are actually, you, you actually need a man to come (laughs) pursue you. And not to say that I wasn't getting any men because baby, but like it was the right one. Right. And you need to actually be able to like break out of that princess syndrome where you think that I'm the prize and every guy will be happy to have me and da, 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 da. And actually like be humble and begin to work on yourself and see like, what are some of the traits that are not allowing me to secure a relationship? Because in so much as yes, there were a lot of people knocking at my door. Some people would come and go and it's like, where where are you going? Other people would stay, but it just wouldn't be mm, like, it just, mm. so there comes a point where you actually have to be humble and begin to see, okay, are there things that I need to work on? Why is it that this is not working? Why is it that things are not working? And when I began to break out of that mentality once again and do the inner work on myself, that was when, first of all, more guys began to see it and come. And that was when relationships started, my relationship life started to pivot in renewing your mind and breaking out of such a syndrome. Um, the third thing and probably the most important to me is to not rule out every option because of what you have in your mind. Relationships are not a build a man workshop. That is not how it works. Yes, we have fantasies, we have dreams, we have expectations, we have standards. These are all things that we should have, but you don't build a man. This is not a build a man workshop. When I was deep inside my princess syndrome, I had a list. I can even hear Mike Todd rip up your list right now, but I had a list and anybody who didn't meet my list didn't meet my standards. And um, I wanted someone that was ready made and already done and already put together. And God had to reveal to me that that is not how this works because I'm not even put together. So how can I expect someone to be fully put together when I'm not fully put together? But that's a story for another day. But um, one thing, I had to realize is that you will miss out on what God wants to do in your life when you are too attached to your list. You need to be able to give grace to people. And in the same way that you are changed every day by the spirit, other people are changed every day by the spirit. And I think sometimes we forget that because I remember um, I used to like, once a person would do something to me, I would just write them off forever. Like even the, even if time would pass, whatever, I would just always remember that they did this thing. So that's how they are forgetting that the same way God is constantly working on me, God is constantly working on them. And so even if they did something 
six months ago, that may, that is no longer a measure of who they are because God could have already broken them on that very thing that they did or their character, how their character was four months ago may not necessarily be how their character is today. To be honest, how their character is yesterday may not necessarily be how the character is today. The same way you can do something and go home and the Lord will convict you and cause you to repent that the Lord is working in the lives of others. And so once I began to like understand that and realize that I was able to separate potential and principle in the world, they tell us, don't go, don't date a man with potential because they might not, they may not ever, they may never become that person and blah, 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 which okay is true. It's, it's very safe. Um, I don't think it's very smart to fall for potential, but I do think that we can balance potential with principle. A man with potential and principle is worth the risk. If a man has principle, you can help pull it out of him. You can help pull the potential out of him. But many a times we fall for potential with no principle. Empty potential, I would say, I would say, I would say is not worth the risk. Potential with principle, I would say is worth the risk because that could be developed. What are some principles? Discipline is a principle. A person, if you look at their life and they're, they're, they're committed to working out, they're committed to eating healthy, working out and eating healthy is something that's really difficult. It takes a lot of discipline to eat the right meals. It takes a lot of discipline to get up every day and work because you can't ride on motivation. You actually have to go and work out. If you see someone is able to do this consistently for a long period of time, it shows you that they have discipline in their lives in which you can help groom the potential. That is something that I would call a green flag to say that, okay, this person may lack, this person may not have a job or they may not have a career. They may not have yada, 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 but they have the discipline that's needed to make this happen in which I can now take the risk on the principle and potential to get to know this person. And so um, I think that would be a very healthy way to approach some of our relationships and to approach some of our suitors. So we're not living in this bubble of, I need this person to have A to Z figured out or else I'm not interested because that's not going to help nobody. <sighs> yeah. Um, I It was just really on my heart to have this conversation just because of the conversation that I was having in my group chat. And um, I know that a lot of Christian women actually suffer from this. A lot of Christian women have at one point maybe are in right now and will be in this predicament and I think we just ought to be mindful and and grace and graceful for people but also realistic like a lot of times we try to over spiritualize things over spiritualize relationships but like I'm saying God does not force you to marry anybody no he does not he does not and he rarely picks for you he, what I do think that he, what I do, what he does do is he will align your path with people that are suitable and compatible. And then he'll allow you to choose if this is what you would like to, or if they were, if they're who you would like to do life with, that is what he does, you know? And so, um, I think it's just on us to be realistic, to be prayerful, to be led and to not fall into this syndrome, this princess syndrome 
of how we think relationships should work. Because you will be sitting up there forever waiting for your Prince Charming to come, realizing that Prince Charming doesn't exist. There is work that we have to do to get to thrive in the godly relationships that we seek. So I hope you guys receive this message in love. Um, I definitely don't want to be that person that's like, oh, now she's in a relationship, so she's trying to stunt on us. That's definitely not where this is coming from. This is coming from a place of I want us all to win. And so um, I hope that it'll just make you reflect and see maybe the places where you're erring and help catch you um, and help um, bring to your awareness so that you can get that nice young man out of the friend zone. Okay, sis? (laughs) Um, I want us all to win in relationships, in life, and be great in God. And I truly believe that kingdom relationship, kingdom marriages, kingdom connections advance people to the next level and I want us all to experience that so that's where I'm coming from so I hope you take it as such thank you guys so much for listening sassy and save baby Mm -hmm.